All right, welcome back to another edition of Baseball Banter. I'm your host, Justin Ginelli. Yes, it's been quite a while. Busy month traveling, but lots of baseball that we need to catch up on. On this Sunday, September the 11th, 2022. Uh, yes, it is, a, it is a somber day in our nation. Uh, the 21st anniversary of the terrorist attacks um, on the World Trade Center, the Pentagon, and in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Um, just the darkest day in American history. Uh, great tributes across all sports today, not just baseball. Um, the Mets were wearing FDNY, you know, first responder caps, NYPD, all that stuff. Um, I didn't see the Yankee game, but I'm sure they were as well. Um, you know, just a day that you, you never forget where you were. And for me, somebody who was nine years old at the time, I certainly remember where I was, and I certainly remember uh, the emotions um, in the coming days, weeks, and months uh, following that. So, you know, I just wanted to start the start the show and make sure we recognize, you know, what today is and, you know, how we need to treat every day and never forget. You know, it seems like we've come to a point in our history where we just think about it on its anniversary. You know, there are thousands of families who are who became incomplete because of what happened and I you know, those families obviously are are dealing with the grief every day, but I think as as people we need to, you know, you know, they, they say never forget and we really need to. And the farther it gets the farther it gets away, the the farther in history it goes. Um, you know, we need to remind the younger generation of, you know, what that day was like and the unity that was in this country, um, following that. So I just wanted to start with that. Um, so, uh, along with, so with the rest of baseball, uh, right now we have one game going on right now. It's the Cubs and the Giants Sunday night baseball over on ESPN. Um, it's also the opener of the NFL season. Um, but, you know, we have some baseball races that are getting down to the nitty gritty. Uh, two divisions really up for grabs at this point. That's the National League Central and the, Nas- I mean, the American League Central and the National League East. Um, and obviously we have an incredible race going on between the Atlanta Braves and the New York Mets. Also want to touch on Albert Pujols, who is now up to 697 career home runs, uh, passing Alex Rodriguez for fourth all-time, and he is now three shy to be of becoming that fourth player. Barry Bonds at 714, Hank Aaron 755, and Barry Bonds 762. The only players in baseball history to have 700 or more home runs. Albert Pujols is three away from joining that club, and I'm sure he is going to get in a an abundance of playing time down the stretch. Um, you know, he you know, played first base today. And, you know, obviously, you know, with Goldschmidt there, but, you know, he'll get some DH spots. But you could see with the Cardinals up eight in the, eight games of the National League Central, um, I wonder if you see an extra rest day here or there for Goldschmidt, allowing uh, a couple of first base appearances for Albert. But we'll touch... We'll touch on that and more uh, in this episode, but I want to start with what what we have going on in the National League East Division, and that is the Atlanta Braves and the New York Mets. Um, and for a short time on Friday night, the 
Atlanta Braves overtook the Mets and were in first place. The Mets had held the lead for 150 days. April 11th was the last time the Mets were in second place. I don't even remember who was in first place at the time, but the Mets were 3-2. and two. They were a half game out in the division, and that's as far as they got. You know, they, they took over the division lead on April 12th and held it until Friday night after a lackluster loss. And, you know, one of the things that it just seems to have happened with the Mets, and the Mets have played some pretty good baseball um, they've they've just had some lackluster nights, and you know they you know had a lackluster weekend by losing two out of three to the Washington Nationals last weekend, a pair of seven to one losses on Saturday and Sunday, and then after the rain out Monday, um, just an absolute no show offensively, and you end up losing eight to two to the Pirates. Um, that really is what got the wheels in motion. Granted, they. Won their doubleheader on Wednesday with Chris Bassett and Jacob DeGrom. And those two guys are the next two starting pitchers for the Mets. Um, and we'll get to that in the ne- in a minute for the next series. But they went into, after that, they both had an off day Thursday. And then they went into Friday a half game apart with the Braves starting a series against the Seattle Mariners and the Mets against the Miami Marlins. And, and again, offensively, it was just a lackluster night. Um, they didn't hit with runners in scoring position. They couldn't drive in the big run. And they lost to the Marlins. Uh, give me the score here. It doesn't want to. Uh, the score on Friday, I'll get you that real quick, was... Hang on. 6-3. to three. Uh, David Peterson was not all that great on Friday night. You know, I, I feel like, I don't know, I don't know if he's hitting a wall or something, but, you know, it last couple starts, you haven't seen a great performance out of David Peterson, but right now he's going to be in the rotation for the time being. Uh, Max Scherzer was feeling a little bit of fatigue in his oblique, and they have, you know, shut him down, he's on the IL, but he's, he's already resumed throwing. And he's eligible to return from the injured list on Monday, September 19th. Which actually would line up with a potential start if you started David Peterson on Wednesday against the um, Cubs. So, he could be in line to return Monday from the IL. We'll see what happens. They obviously seem pretty optimistic that things are going okay and that he's feeling good. And this is going to be a nice little rest period for him. And they want him to be rare to go for the postseason. You know, right now, the Mets' magic number to clinch a postseason spot is eight. Whether they win the National League East or not, that remains to be seen. And, you know, it's going to be an incredible race down to the finish. And there's a series and at the end of September between the Mets and the Braves, starting September 30th, October 1st, and October 2nd. So... That's what this. That's what the series and season is going to come down to, and the Mets would only have to win one of three games against the Braves to clinch the season series. The Mets are nine and seven currently against the Atlanta Braves, and they only need one to clinch the season series. Now, after that lackluster loss on Friday, they bounced back last night in an eight-run inning, um, beating up on Pablo Lopez, and it seems like the Mets have had a lot of success against Pablo Lopez this year. And if you kind of eliminate 
his starts against the Mets. His ERA, which ended up at 4.04 following the game, his ERA is like 2-something against the rest of baseball. And it's like a 10-something against the Mets. Like, you know, the Mets have had Pablo Lopez's number all year long. And, you know, Carlos Carrasco, after a rough outing on, uh, after a rough outing on, on, on Sunday, you know, returning from the I.L., looked more comfortable. And he was mixing his pitches better. Felt like he was back in the rhythm of pitching every five days. And Carlos Carrasco turned into a good performance. The Mets go on to win 11-3 last night. And, you know, after the Braves winning on Friday night, they were half game back. And one of the things that we, we saw this weekend was the fact that the Mariners are on the West Coast. Uh, the Braves are on the West Coast. So the games are starting at all different times. And as the Met game goes final, the, Mar- the Mariners and Braves are just getting underway. So if you're a Met fan, you were just getting settled in. Uh, I watched a ton of that game last night. I stayed up till the end. And last night turned out to be a 3-1 th- to one win, a well-pitched game between two really talented young pitchers in Max Fried and George Kirby. Uh, George Kirby, the New York native, by the way, uh, went to 7-3, and 2.980 ERA, just really shut down the Atlanta Braves into the seventh inning. Um, he ends up giving up a run after the bullpen gives up the, uh, the inherited runner to score. And that was the only Braves run of the game. They tack on, you know, later with a, with a home run. And then Paul Seawald shuts it down. And the, you finally see the Braves lose a game. I mean, it just felt like the Braves were winning game after game, series after series. Um, you know, and, and you were just waiting for the shoe to drop. And, you know, they answered back in the seventh to go up 3-1. to one And had a nice business-like win. And then today, the Mets played at 1.40 p.m. Taiwan Walker, best start of the second half. I, I, I looked, you know, it almost looked like we were seeing a repeat of 2021 from Taiwan Walker, in which his second half has been absolutely horrendous. And there's been starts where he's pitching like a fifth starter. And that's fine because he is the Mets' fifth starter. And... You know, if Taiwan Walker's your fifth starter, you got a pretty solid team. You know, because Taiwan Walker, I think, is better than the fifth starter. But he's pitched poorly of late and really needed a bounce-back effort and really gave you a good performance today. Goes seven innings, allows just the one run, and, you know, five hits, strikes out ten. I mean, he only threw 87 pitches. You know, I, I think... Um, Buck at that point up, up big wanted, the wanted to get guys in, and, you know, and he gets Lugo in for an inning, gets Adovino in for an inning, you know, and he, and you really tag Jesus Lazardo, who incredibly threw ninety one pitches over three in the third innings today, gave up six hits, walked three, allowed five earned runs, you know, and he's got a three at one ERA, he's having a solid season, um, you know, one thing that you could say about the Marlins is that they got some solid talent in their pitching staff. And the Mets did a good job, with the exception of Edward Cabrera. Um, they did a solid job of hitting their starters. And, you know, it's no shame in getting shut down by these Marlins pitchers because the Marlins have a solid pitching staff. 
The biggest frustrating part about Friday night was the fact that the Marlins, who have struggled to score runs, all of a sudden were banging out 10-11 hits. That's it's not who they've been. They've been a very poor offensive team. If you were losing a game 2-1, to one, you chalk it up to, all right, well, we just didn't hit tonight. Um, we'll get him tomorrow. But a game like Friday was just frustrating because you're facing a good pitcher, yes. Edward Cabrera's had some really good numbers. Um, but to just allow to pitch poorly and uh, allow them to bang out all those hits um, was was really the most frustrating part. But the Mets get the 9-3 to win today. They bang out 14 hits. Um, you get the home run, the three-run homer for Brandon Nimmo. In the second inning, you get a home run from Eduardo Escobar. Tomas Nito hit, finally hit his first home run of the year and got the silent treatment today. I mean, I thought that was great. Um, you had Alonzo with his 109th RBI, uh, McNeil with an RBI. And it was a very businesslike, we're the better team victory. You know, the Mets are now 89-52 on the year. You know, there's only been three teams in Met history to have won 100 games. You have the 1969 Miracle Mets, won 100 games. You have the 1986 World Champion Mets, uh, won 108. And I believe the 88 team also won 100. So those are the three teams in Met history that have won 100 games. And, you know, this is a team that would need to go 11 and 10 to win 100 games. And they better go, they better do better than that because of not only who they're playing, uh, it's the Atlanta Braves too. And, you know, if, if they can go, you know, if they could go 15 and 6, if they go 15 and 6, the Mets won 104 games. The Mets go 104 and 58. So, I mean, that that's the kind of stretch I'm kind of looking at here. And the Mets offense has has started to wake up. You saw them wake up in the two games in Pittsburgh. Um, okay, they were they were kind of they struggled on Friday, but they wake up yesterday. They wake up again today. So now you're starting to see a little bit more consistency out of this lineup. Eduardo Escobar is waking up. James McCann and Tomas Nito are starting to hit. Um, you know, Jeff McNeil has been Jeff McNeil all year. Alonzo starting to wake starting to wake up a little bit. Um, did have the home run on Friday, so you know his his bat's starting to come around a little bit. You want to see Lindor's come bat come around a little bit more. Nimmo's hit the ball well. You know, all of a sudden, you know, Mark Cannon has been consistently good all year. Um, you're starting to see more guys in continuity together. Um, coming through, so it really is a good time. And again, you have Chris Bassett. I think, if I'm not mistaken, Buck Showalter has Chris Bassett going tomorrow and Jacob Degrom Tuesday. The only reason why I'm not sure is because they both pitched on Wednesday in the doubleheader, and it, I, I believe they're going to go Bassett game one, Degrom game two, which would mean coming around, you'd get. Bassett on Saturday to Grom on Sunday against the Pirates. So the Mets take two out of three. Again, they're 89 and 52. And then you get to the 4 p.m. window where the Braves and the and the uh, Braves and the Mariners 
squared off in what ended up being an epic ending. You know, for a while, the Mariners were just cruising. And they were up 6-1 to one after seven innings. And then the Braves chip away with one in the eighth. All right, no big deal. But then comes the ninth inning. And down 6-2, to two, the runner, the, the uh, Braves get the first two men on. They did back-to-back walks. And then it ends up being second and third with two outs. Michael Harris is down to his final strike. He hits a three-run homer to make it six to five, and you know, and Scott and Scott Service opts to go for the closer, uh, Paul Seawald. Paul Seawald comes into the game, immediately gives up a single to pinch hitter Eddie Rosario. Rosario pinch hits for Marcelo Zuna, and then Robbie Grossman. Socks a two-run homer to right center field. And the Braves take a 7-6 lead. And you're thinking, oh, my God, here we go. The Braves, who have played at a torrid pace all throughout June, July, August, and into September. They're 64-25 and since June 1st. And that's why this lead has shrunk. And that's why they took over first place for a day. Not because the Mets have collapsed. The Mets are still playing at like a 96-97 win pace, but the Braves have played like at a 115 win pace. So finally, it was nice to see them lose yesterday. And then you're thinking, oh my God, here we go again. You know, and the the comeback in the ninth inning uh, was just absolutely brutal. And... You know, and then you get to the and then you get to the bottom of the ninth. Kenley Jansen, the Braves closer, uh, much maligned, has given up a lot of home runs of late. Um, you have Sam Haggerty leading off, grounds out to start the inning on a, a bunt ground out, tries bunting for a hit, and grounds out. And then with one out, Julio Rodriguez hits a laser beam, a rocket to left field, his twenty fifth homer of the year. Ties the game at seven. And then you get Ty France popping out. And then with two outs and nobody on, the game has already been tied. A. Eugenio Suarez hits his 30th home run of the year. It's a walk-off home run. And the Mariners defeat the Braves 8-7. to seven. And so after the Braves come all the way back, score five in the ninth to take a 7-6 lead, the Mariners respond with two in the bottom half. And went eight to seven, and that was monumental, because now the Mets are up a game and a half, going into the next series. And again, the Braves are going to be traveling to San Francisco. They go from Seattle to San Francisco, where they play three with the Giants. Um, a couple of ten o'clock games on Monday and Tuesday, and then Wednesday will be a three forty-five game, which I'll catch some of before I head out to the Met game on Wednesday. Um, the Mets have three night games at 7 p.m. against the Chicago Cubs. Um, and, now, and now ESPN is showing some of the highlights from that game. Um, it just, you know, and it was an incredible comeback by, by the Braves. You've got to give them their credit. You've got to give them their due. But the response by the Seattle Mariners to come right back. And you know, a rookie like Julio Rodriguez, who is, is sure to be a lock to win American League Rookie of the Year. Uh, you know, and I think the, this this game featured both rookies of the year. I think Michael Harris is absolutely a leading candidate. You want to maybe say his teammate Spencer Strider 
is is a rookie candidate, absolutely. But um, you know, the Mariners are, and the Mariners are in a dogfight themselves in the wild card race. Uh, they're well. It seems like they're well in position to make the playoffs, but they're they're potentially um, in the mix for that top wild card where they would host um, the wild card series. You know, against maybe Tampa Bay. Um, Toronto's in the mix as well. But right now, Tampa Bay holds the first wild card. Uh, Tampa Bay's coming off getting smacked two days in a row by the Yankees. Good good, good job writing the ship by the Yankees um, after the division had slipped to a three and a half and like two in the loss column. Um, the Yankees really bounced back. And, you know, all of a sudden, the American League East has become a race. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But to finish the point on the Braves, you know, you finally got a weekend where the Braves lost two out of three. And on those two days in which the Braves lost, the Mets won. So they were able to, you know, for, you know, first of all, retake first place after spending one day in second place last night and then extend it to a game and a half. And like I said, the Mets opened up with three games coming up against the Chicago Cubs uh, before four with the Pirates. The Braves have an off day Thursday. So right now, if you're looking at the National League Eastern Division standings, the Braves today played game number 140. The Mets today played game number 141. So the Braves have a game in hand right now. And the Braves have a, a stretch after Thursday's off day where they play 13 straight days. And in those 13 straight days, the Mets have two off days. And so the Mets are the, the Braves are going to have two games in hand after Thursday because the Mets will play Thursday, opening up a four game set with the Pittsburgh Pirates um, while the Braves are off. So it's really going to come down to that final, final weekend between the Mets and the Braves at Truist Park. And, you know, all things considered. The Mets have put themselves in a good position. So you you look at you look at what we've got coming down the stretch. You know, you're at a position right now looking at the national national league standings. Today the Dodgers became the first team to clinch a postseason berth. They're sitting at ninety six and forty three on the season. They're six and four in their last ten. They're up twenty games in the division on the Padres. They end up taking two out of three this weekend from San Diego and have really just put the hammer down on this division. It's o- it's over. You know, they're going to clinch it this week, um, whether it's a combination, it's a combination of their wins and, and you know, they, uh, they, they started the series with the Diamondbacks tomorrow. The Padres play the Mariners on t- starting Tuesday. And, you know, we're going to see this week the Dodgers clinch the division. You know, and after, and like I said, and if you go to the American League, the Yankees had seen that lead cut shrink to three and a half. It was once a 15 and a half game lead in the American League East. It was cut to three and a half. But the Yankees were able to restore order and uh, put it back up to five and a half. And... If you're the if you're the Rays, that was that was a damaging blow. Um, you know, you start a series tomorrow with the Blue Jays, while the Yankees start a series with the Red Sox. And obviously, your Red Sox Yankees will never be a picnic. But 
You know, the Red Sox are an under 500 team right now. They're 69-72. They're 16 games out of the division, and they're close to being eliminated. So they need the Yankees need to continue on their winning ways and, you know, get this, get this division wrapped up. You know, right now the Yankees are at 85-56 and 56 on the year. Um, I don't think they're going to go 15-6, and six, which would be what it would take to go 162. I think the only team in the American League that's going to win 100 games is going to be the Houston Astros. And right now they're sitting with, a, with an 11-game lead over the Mariners. The magic number right now for the Astros is 12 to win the division with a currently, currently an 11-game lead. As they said at 90 and 50. And I think they're more than capable of going 10 and 12 or better. Which would be the prerequisite for them to reach 100 wins. So, it's coming down to the wire. I mean, you got the American League Central here. Minnesota's really fallen out of the race. You know, obviously they had that damaging week by playing the Yankees, losing three out of four. They get swept this weekend. Um... You know, they, they get swept this weekend at the hands of... Let's get a look at this. September 11th. The Minnesota Twins got swept at the hands of the Cleveland Guardians, which the Cleveland Guardians are currently sitting in first place in the American League Central. And they're now four and a half games back. You have the White Sox at two and a half games back, um, sitting at 72 and 69. And the Guardians at 73 and 65. Looking at the National League, um, the Central, you have the Brewers sitting at 75 and 66, currently eight games back of the of the St. Louis Cardinals, who are 83 and 58. Again, I don't believe that they're going to be a team to reach 100 wins. They'd have to go 17 and four. Uh, you could see this team um, maybe around 92, 93 wins when. Maybe anywhere between 93 and 95. Obviously, you have the, the Dodgers well-documented that they're cruising. And then you have the Mets. I mean, so that's what it really looks like um, for, as far as the divisional race is concerned. As for the wild card, uh, that's, a different, that's a different animal right now. And, you know, for as, as nice of a story as the Baltimore Orioles were, it seems like they're starting to fall out of it. They're now five and a half games out. You know, they're a very impressive 73 and 67 on the year. Um, way better than anybody could have even imagined the Baltimore Orioles this year. So you really got to applaud them for what has been a fantastic season. But, you know, and they have a lot of young talent, whether it's Adley Rushman, uh, Gunnar Henderson, you know, Cedric Mullins, and, and more. Um, you got to really applaud the, you got to really applaud the Orioles. And right now the run differential is essentially even. They're plus one. 583 to 582, but, um, you know, at 73 and 67, you just got to, you have to really applaud what the Orioles have done this year. But right now, there's a lot of jockeying for position, too, because the three wildcard teams could finish in any order. Because right now, you have the uh, Toronto Blue Jays sitting at 78, I'm sorry, yeah, the Toronto Blue Jays are sitting at 78 and 61, in that third wild card spot. Then a half game above that at 79 and 61 is the uh, Seattle Mariners. And at 78 and 60 is the Tampa Bay Rays. 
So we don't know what order those three teams are going to finish in. And the only team you consider in the hunt right now really is the White Sox because they're two and a half games out of the Central Division lead. They're seven games out of the wild card, so I don't think that they're going to catch up there. But, you know, the the White Sox still have a chance in the American League Central. But looking at the wild card, it looks like the three teams are set. It's going to be the Blue Jays, uh, Mariners, and Rays in some order. And, again, these teams are separated. Three of them are separated by a half game. What's coming up next is a three-game series between the Blue Jays and Rays starting tomorrow. And on Tuesday, uh, the Mariners and the Padres. So, going to be big series. Two big series right there. And we're going to see if there's going to be any separation between the Blue Jays and Rays. Um, and who could really take over that potential top wild card spot. So, while we likely know our six teams. And again, the White Sox are the only team not in the playoff race. right, Not in a playoff spot right now. That, I, that has a legitimate shot at the postseason because they're two and a half games out of the Central. We pretty much know who our six teams are going to be in the American League. As for the National League, again, obviously the Dodgers have locked themselves in. 96 wins, 43 losses, and they're just miles above everybody. They're six and a half games up on the Astros for best record in baseball. They're, I believe, eight games up on the Mets for best record of the National League. And we know that the Dodgers are in. They've locked themselves in. You got the Mets sitting at 89 and 52, and you got the Cardinals at 83 and 58. As for the wild card, this is where things can get a little more tricky. The Braves are comfortable. They're 87 and 53. They have a 10 and a half game lead out of the last wild card spot. So basically, what that's telling you is the team that loses the National League Eastern Division race. And I hope it's the Braves. And I hope because I, I hope the Mets win the division. The team that loses the National League East race is comfortable in the playoffs. Where it gets tricky is the Phillies, Padres, and Brewers. The uh, the Phillies are seventy eight and sixty two. They've won. They've now won three in a row after a little bit of a slide. Um, they're currently a game and a half up on the. Um, San Diego Padres, who are 77-64, and 64, obviously after losing the last couple of games and games to the um, Dodgers, they're sitting in that final wildcard spot. And then you have the Brewers, who are two games behind the Padres. So the Brewers, while they're fall, they've fallen out of the National League Central Division race, they are still alive for the wildcard. And their schedule gets a lot more challenging in the in the coming next in the next couple of weeks. They start a three game series with the um, they start a three game series with the St. Louis Cardinals starting tomorrow, and then uh, it's, I'm sorry, two game series on Tuesday. And listen to these next eight games for the Milwaukee Brewers. You have. Two at the Cardinals on Tuesday and Wednesday. Sandwiched between two off days. They're off Monday. They're off Thursday. Friday, a three-game series with, with the New York Yankees at American Family Field in Milwaukee. Then, they play the New York Mets for three. 
Then they get to play the Reds for four. So schedule lightens up there. They play the Reds. And then two more with the Cardinals on the 27th and 28th of September. And then they finish up with the Marlins and Diamondbacks. So the last six games, okay. Not too bad. But it's that next eight games and and 10 of the next 14 games where you're playing four with the Cardinals, you're playing three with the Yankees, and three with the Mets. And that's really going to determine the fate of whether or not the Brewers are going to make the postseason or not. And, you know, their, you know, their schedule getting challenging um, at the wrong time, but they need to, they need to treat every game um, like it's a playoff game at this point. You know, you're, again, you're sitting two games out. You are just – you had that – you had a division lead for a lot of the first half of the year, but the Cardinals have really taken off um, in the second half. Looking at the – the Padres doesn't – Padres doesn't want to – oh, make, Padres are making me download the schedule. All right, as for the Padres, what they have upcoming – um, they have two with, again, two with the Mariners, and then they play four with Arizona. You know, and Arizona's played competitive baseball. You know, they've had some good pitching this year, and we'll, we'll, we're going to give an, a round of applause to Zach Gallon in a little while, but they have Zach Gallon in the rotation, Merrill Kelly. Um, even what Madison Bumgarner is today is still better than a lot of pitchers of baseball. Um, you know, the, the Diamondbacks... Aren't a great team, but they're, you know, I, they're, I wouldn't say they're a, a complete pushover of a team. Then they play the St. Louis Cardinals for three um, on the 20th, 21st, and 22nd of September. You know, then they're at the Rockies. The Padres have three more with the Dodgers on September 27th, 28th, 29th. And then the White Sox and the Giants for six to end the season. Three with the White Sox, three with the Giants. Now, they played their final nine games at Petco Park, but, you know, it's the Dodgers, White Sox, and Giants. Two teams that could make the, you know, one team that's making the postseason, another team that could make the postseason, and the Giants are not really a pushover team. I know that their second half has really not been good at all, and they've kind of faded, because right, you know, right now the Giants are sitting uh, tied with the Diamondbacks, actually. They're sitting at um, 60... I think it's sixty six and seventy five. I think if I, 60, 66 and seventy three, the Diamondbacks and, and Giants are sixty six and seventy three, um, and that's what the Padres have. The Padres have a the Padres have a fair a fairly challenging schedule themselves. So it's re, it's really going to be an interesting race for that final wild card spot, you know. And for the Philadelphia Phillies, you know, they're no. They're no ticketed. They're they're not ticketed for the postseason either. You know they're they're going to really have to work their ass off if they if they want to get to the postseason. Here's what the Phillies have coming up. The Phillies are going to start a series on uh, Tuesday with the My- with the Miami Marlins. Then they play three with the Atlanta Braves on the 16th, 17th, and 18th. Then they have an off day. Then they have two with the Blue Jays who are in who are going to make the American League playoffs. Then four at the Braves before the Cubs, Nationals, and they end the season with the Astros. I mean, are you kidding me? 
The, the Phillies are no guarantee to make the playoffs. So they have to play, in recap, seven with the Braves, two with the Blue Jays, and three with the Astros. That is not an easy schedule. And it's going to be hard to pick two of these three teams between the Phillies, the Padres, and the Brewers to make the postseason. I, I could argue that Philly could drop out and that Milwaukee and San Diego get in. But I could argue that with Milwaukee's schedule being no picnic, they could, not, they could miss the postseason if Philly and San Diego get in. And then I could also argue, well, because they don't beat the Dodgers, they're going to have to win their other games. The Padres could miss the playoffs and it'd be Philly and Milwaukee. So there's a lot of different combinations and a lot of different ways things could go. And we're going to be set up for a wild finish. And that's, and, that, and that's, oh, by the way, with the fact that the National League East is not settled. So obviously the Braves are going to be playing balls to the wall. They're not going to give, they're not going to give away any games. They're trying to win the National League East. The Mets might, the, the Mets and Braves might have put the Phillies out of it in terms of the division. But the Phillies are in the thick of things for the wild card. And, you know, the Phillies are ten and a half back in the East, but, you know, the Braves are only a game and a half out, and they want to beat the Mets. They want to get in first place. And they only have three head-to-head games left with the Mets, as opposed to Atlanta. Philly having seven, you know, and the Mets have obviously completed their tour with the Phillies this year. The Mets went 14-5 and five against the Philadelphia Phillies, and... Um, now after today, the Mets, I believe, are 12-5 and five against the Miami Marlins. So the Mets have done a terrific job in, in the National League East Division this year. Obviously, they're 9-7 and seven against the Braves. Don't exactly remember what they are against the Nationals, but they have a winning record against the Nationals. Um, you know, it's going to come down to the Mets, Braves, and Phillies in terms of playing each other. You know, if the Phillies can start winning games... You know, the Phillies are going to win a wild card spot. Right, here's how I'm going to put it. If the Mets win the National League East, the Phillies, win the, the Phillies are going to make the playoffs. Because if the Mets win the East, that means the Phillies were able to handle their business against the Braves. And the Mets were able to get some help. You know, the, Met, the Mets have had a hard time getting help, obviously. The Braves haven't lost a lot of games. Obviously, they're 8-2 in their last 10. They just had an 8-game winning streak. Snap last night, and then they lost back-to-back games to the Seattle Mariners, right? So if the Braves dominate the Phillies, the Phillies are going to miss the playoffs. And it very well likely means that the Braves are going to be able to overtake the Mets again and win the National League East. But if the Phillies hold their own, the Mets are going to be in a great position to win this division. That's the way I look at it. So... It is jam-packed, it's fun, it's getting down to the nitty-gritty. The Mets played game number 141 today, which means there's 21 games remaining. And if you look at the Mets' upcoming schedule, we're gonna, we'll present that to you in a second. The New York Mets' upcoming schedule, you know, is three with the Cubs. You have um, four, you're four with the Pirates. Then you play, I'm trying to see if I can do this off the top of my head with that before this thing decides to load. You're three with the Pirates. Okay. Only only the Mets website sends me back to March when every other team's schedule that I click on puts me right in September. <laughs> but whatever. The Mets have three with the Cubs, four with the Pirates, 
before playing three with the Brewers in Milwaukee. Then they have an off day on the 22nd of September, and then three with the Oakland A's, September 23, 24, 25, before a last week of the season where they got two off days. They have Monday and Thursday off um, with two Marlins games sandwiched in between. And then you have the Atlanta Braves for three in that crucial series before three with the Nationals at home. So that's what the Mets' final 21 games look like. The Cubs, the Pirates, the Brewers, the A's, the Marlins, and the Braves and Nationals. So the Mets have to take care of business. 50 and 6, 14 and 6. Uh, 14 and 7 minimum, you know, it, they got to just continue to eat up victories. And, you know, again, this is only the, it's only, this has the potential to only be the fourth team in franchise history with 100 wins. And they're 11 wins away from that, sitting at 89 and 52. So it is going to be an incredible finish. Um, the, the, the pennant races are heating up. And another thing that's, speaking of heating up, Albert Pujols is absolutely on a heater right now. Hits a home run yesterday to tie Alex Rodriguez at 696. Hits another one today, passes Alex Rodriguez at 697. And if you look at his numbers in the second half of the season, Albert Pujols is just tearing the cover off the ball. And if you look at his numbers as a whole for the year, um, not all that bad. Hitting 266 with 18 homers and 48 RBIs, not not so bad for um, a final season at, at 42. You look at the second half of the season, you look at the first half of the year. 53 games played, hit a 215 average, 301 OPS, 376 slugging. And a 676 OPS. Six home runs, 20 RBIs. Since the All-Star break, he's played in 38, 36 games. Um, is batting 343 with four, a 400 on-base percentage, of 737 slugging for a 1,137 OPS. 11 home runs, 26 RBIs. Actually, make that 12 home runs, 27 RBIs. Because Baseball Reference hasn't updated yet uh, today's, today's stats. 12 home runs in the second half of the season, and all of a sudden, what seemed to be a faint chance at 700 has all of a sudden become a reality. And I don't think Albert Pujols is getting appreciated enough right now, and we're not talking about him enough. Albert Pujols deserves every bit of this right now because, you know, he's done nothing... For us to be skeptical of his career, he's had one of the greatest careers of all time. I mean, I mean, geez, 697 career home runs, and he's still just a shade under a 300 hitter. He's got 3,006 you know, as of today. You know, entering today, 3,600. I'm sorry, 3,367 hits, 2,190. He's going to have 2,200 RBIs or more by the time the season ends, and I feel like we're not appreciating him enough. Albert Pujols is one of the greatest players that ever lived. Three-time MVP, a Rookie of the Year, an 11-time All-Star, two-time World Series champion, a two-time Gold Glove winner, a six-time Silver Slugger Award winner. 
he won the uh, he won the batting title in what year was that? He won the batting title in two thousand and three. NLCS MVP. So I mean, it's just unbelievable the career he's had. And I think we need to celebrate that a whole hell of a lot more. So Albert, hats off to you. Your career has been incredible. I can't wait to continue talking about you because you know, you're going to be a part of the postseason. You're going to be a part of this stretch run where you're chasing 700. And you know what? We're going to have an emergency podcast that will celebrate if this happens. And I don't want to put the kibosh on it, but I want this because I but I really want this to happen. If Albert Pujols hits his 700th home run, we will have an emergency podcast regarding the doesn't matter what day it's going to occur on. We'll have an emergency podcast specifically celebrating the career of Albert Pujols. So look out for that. Look out for much more. We are back. No more traveling for me. Unfortunately, I went to Pittsburgh for the first time, but unfortunately, the game got postponed because of a weather threat. It ended up not raining that day in Pittsburgh, but... I couldn't go to the makeup game because obviously I was leaving back for New York on Labor Day. So I wanted to check out PNC Park. Didn't quite get the opportunity, so I will figure out next year um, if I'm able to get there next year at some point. So that's going to do it for this, this, this edition of Baseball Banter. I'm back. You can find me on Sportswire Radio. You can find me on the Friday Night Sports Show. You can, you can find this playing over there. You can, play, you can hear this. Wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, um, Anchor, number of different places. It's a media app as well. And a whole bunch more upcoming. We're in the heat of the pennant race. We are winding down just 20 or so games left for about every team. It's going to be a lot of fun. Good night.